0: Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The
1: Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, and cup crawl. Beach of the head, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores, Nathan McKinnon here's your hosts griffin youngs and christian bullay hello everybody welcome back to another edition of the teledabs it is podcast on the hockey podcast network i'm griffin youngs joined by christian bullay as always Christian, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because I, I feel like I've run out of words to describe this team. Uh,
0: I, you're putting me in a tough spot here, man, because I'm the same way. I, I don't know how this team keeps winning these games. Uh, every time you think they're dead, they, they are the farthest thing from dead. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. Like I don't even know what we title this episode because it's it's just rinse, wash, and repeat with this team. They just continue to step up to the plate and win big games.
1: Yeah, they beat the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights back-to-back and in equally hilarious fashion. Against the Jets, they're down 3-0 after the first period. They have it tied before the second period's even over and win it 6-3 off of a Gabe landis hat trick. The next night, they go into Vegas, a team desperate for points that had just lost to Arizona the day before, needs to pick up some points And they are winning for the most part in this game. They're up two to one going into the third period and they dominate the third period. Vegas does. They outshoot us. What was I say? 12 to three. And the avalanche won it because two of those three shots went in, in the span of 26 seconds. And the final goal from Nathan McKinnon with 14 minutes left in the period was the final shot of the period. This team's hilarious. You can't make any of this up how good they are.
0: You can't make it up. And they were, you just summed up perfect. They were better than Vegas in that third period for 26 seconds. And that's all it took. We joked about it on the live stream. Like that's all it takes for this team is 26 seconds and they can just flip the whole game. The fact they didn't have a shot after McKinnon's goal is like you said, hilarious because they did not, I'm not going to say they didn't deserve to win. They played a good game. Vegas was just like you said, the most desperate team in the league right now. And we're going to talk about Vegas a little bit more in depth because they're in full on panic mode right now. Yeah. They're, they're in
1: trouble. Like I didn't didn't even really register how much trouble they were in until after the game.
0: Yeah. They're in trouble. They needed this win and the avalanche stole it from them. Uh, They stole it from them. And Darcy Kemper was once again, fantastic in Las Vegas last night. The sole reason we win this game is because Darcy Kemper made some huge saves in the first period. And once the Avs took the lead in the third period, he locked it down. Locked it down. He, he's up to a 920 in save percentage now. And we were talking about this before we started recording. In every big game that the Avs have played since February, or January, I'd say. I'd, I'd say so, since he came back from yeah.
1: injury in early December,
0: he has been fantastic in all those big games. And I know some of the Arizona fans were telling us when it gets to the big games, he sometimes gets in his head. I have not seen that yet. I have not. He has been unreal. Uh, just in these past two Vegas games, he's allowed two goals in two games. And both of them came in the first period of this game.
1: Yeah. And neither of them were even remotely his fault. One was no. a breakaway and one was a perfect like cross ice pass on a bad coverage.
0: Yeah. It Darcy Kemper. Once again, we were talking about the software. We got to stop talking so much good stuff off air. It's just what we do. I but um, he, he, I feel so good about Darcy Kemper going into the playoffs. I feel better about him. And I don't think this is a crazy take. I feel more confident in him than I did in Gruby going into last year. And I'll explain why, because Gruby last year had to play almost every game going down the stretch Uh, this year, knock on wood, everyone stays healthy. Darcy's going to get plenty of rest going into the playoffs with Pavel Fransos playing. He's going to get plenty of rest. So he is going to go into the playoffs, 100% ready to go and that's why i feel a little bit more confident maybe not in kemper but just in the goaltending of the whole of this team
1: yeah i would completely agree with that and i would say that kemper's mindset translates very well to the playoffs look how he was in this game he let he had two goals early in this game in the first period did not rattle him one bit playing on the road in vegas in a very important game did not rattle him at all he stood tall in the third period where we again did not have a shot the final 14 minutes of this game where it was nothing but a Vegas onslaught, essentially killing off a penalty for 14 straight minutes. And he did not falter once. It's unbelievable how how good he's been. And I'm going to sound a little biased here, but is it too late to have a a Vesna conversation for Kemper? Not to win it. Igor has, has it locked up, he's gonna win it. But I feel like Kemper should at least be in that top five conversation a little bit. And if not yet, he's going to be soon.
0: He's going to be soon. He's going to finish probably top five in the league and wins. If his save percentage continues to go up, um and his goals against continue to go down. I, I, I think there's a case to be made. Um but like you said, it, it's an it's a two-man race, and it's not even really a two-man race for the best. It's Igor Sha's. The race yeah, it's is Igor Vesna to win and then it's Freddie Anderson coming in second place but I don't think top five is unrealistic for Darcy Kemper
1: especially playing like this absolutely not I mean he just he just marched into Vegas these these two games against Vegas to me coming into the season and coming into this month were the most important games of the season to me and he marched in there and you can basically credit both of these wins to him
0: 100 percent I mean, in the first game we talked about, that was the most even game of hockey in that first game we've seen all year. The avalanche play like that game was completely even in every aspect. The only thing the abs had the advantage in was goaltending. I I mean, they obviously won the game with scoring, but that was the difference in the game was goaltending. And then, then in this game, I, I was a little nervous after first period. I was like, okay, like they kicked our ass. Um, and Darcy did not allow another goal. And there were a couple chances, like he got lucky on a couple plays, but that's goaltending. You get lucky on a couple of them, and if you make the saves you need to, you're going to win. And I thought his rebound control was better in this game. It still needs to be worked on a little bit, but I thought it was better for, for Darcy Kemper's standards compared to where he's been at.
1: Yeah, it's a far cry from what it was in November or December even. like It just seems like he's gotten comfortable. He's found he's found his role in the system. He's learned what the defense does, and he's been able to adjust in every single in every single game. You know, even you look at the the Boston loss where he got torched for five it was not even remotely his fault. No one played in front of him. He, <laughs> it was forty six shots against. Right, he faced forty six shots. What do you want the poor friggin' guy to do? And. It's like you said, I'm totally comfortable with Kemper in the playoffs. I, I can't believe we were having a goalie conversation as recently as a month and a half ago. And people were talking like it's, it's a necessity that the Avalanche go out and get Marc-Andre Fleury by the trade deadline. Darcy Kemper has been significantly better than Marc-Andre Fleury, for one. And since he's come back from injury in early December, has been one of the best goalies in the league. And it's like I said, in a playoff game, that's the kind of performance you want from your goalie. Just calm and ready for anything, not rattled by anything.
0: If you think about a playoff game, if you keep the other team at two goals, you have just as good a chance to win as, any, as anyone else in the league. I mean, if you can keep the other team to two goals, you're going to win a lot of playoff games. And I have complete faith in Darcy Kemper because I'm looking back just mentally in my head of all the games that you could consider playoff game-like Against the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, he's—I don't think he's allowed more than two in any of
1: them. No, I can't think. I mean, like Minnesota, maybe the, Tor-
0: the Toronto game.
1: Yeah, but Toronto the Minnesota game. game.
0: He got hurt. Remember? Yeah,
1: oh yeah, that's right. The, yeah, the like Toronto great. game. The Toronto game was like the last bad game that Kemper had, and it's going to happen with every single goalie in the league. They just don't have it that night. Yeah. And ever since then, he's been almost perfect.
0: Yeah, he's been almost perfect. I, we could gush about Darcy Kemper for an hour just on this podcast alone, but I, I just want abs fans who are listening to this, just take a deep breath and just enjoy the fact that we have a solid goaltending duo for the first time in a couple of years, like a rock solid goaltending duo, whichever one we throw out there, we could win any night.
1: Yeah, that's simple. It's one of the best goaltending tandems in the NHL. Even if Frankie stumbled a little bit against the jets in the first period, he bounced back fully.
0: Yeah, he was great in the second and third period. He didn't allow another goal. So I have complete faith in this gold-handing duo right now. Um, it's it's probably one of the best duos, I'd say. Would you argue like top 10 in the league, I'd say? Oh, top 10, absolutely. Yeah, not even a question. Top five, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'd have, but, I'd have
1: to think about it a little more, but definitely top 10.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard for the abs to improve the goaltending room. I, 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 don't see a way I'd still love to get a third goaltender just in case, right. just in case. Yeah. Um, Cause Eustace and, and we've talked about it, he's going to be good. He's been killing it in the minors. He needs a ton more seasoning down there. Like we don't need to ruin this guy's confidence so early. Um, but you need a third goaltender just, just as a backup plan, just in case shit hits the fan.
1: Right. And it's like, we talked about on the stream. Like you, you never know what's going to happen. You can't have had that playoff series against Dallas and be like, Oh, we're fine. We don't need a, we don't need a proper third goalie or go through the entirety of last season and be like, Oh, we're fine. We don't really need to worry about our third goalie. Now that we don't have Jojo anymore. That's like maybe something you can address with a a late draft pick. Maybe Uh, like there, there are options out there. I don't have one on the tip of my tongue. I honestly don't think it matters all that much. I know that's very hypocritical to what I just said, but just a somewhat NHL caliber third option. Cause you you can't like, let's say the worst comes to worst. And again, you're down both of your goalies in the playoffs. Eustace Ananen is a non option. You can't throw a 21 year old out there in the playoffs. You can't.
0: No, it's not fair to him. Like it's, it's nothing against Eustace Ananen in, in his skills, but that would be completely unfair to him. Um, I would be – I can't think of one, but I'm sure once we have once we make the trade, we'll both be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good third option.
1: We can live well, with that. As long as it's not Devin Dubnik again. Yeah, as long as it's not Devin Dubnik. I was fucking pissed when we did that. And then yeah. he sucked too, so then I was yeah. even more mad.
0: Yeah, he's out of the lead now. But getting back to these two games, um, uh, well, let's just talk about uh, a player that we've given some grief over the uh, the past couple episodes, but he finally busted out of a slump. He got the haircut. Andre Burkovsky, two goals in two games. Uh, it's safe to say Berkey's back.
1: Yeah, he did exactly what we said he was going to do. Once he gets one, then he's going to be just fine. And we talked about after Detroit, he rings it off the post on the empty net. He looked like he was going to have opportunities to score. The last several games, we'd be like, okay, he's getting close. Los, but you can tell he still doesn't have the confidence I mean in the shot right now is literally my Burakovsky jersey <laughs> still from last night but once he got the one against the Jets you could see just an entire different demeanor when he played Vegas the other night
0: he got and a swag back man yeah, he got a swag his,
1: back that's what he needed to do and finally he got his shot he lined up for his shot took the time to line it up, didn't pass it, which is very important because he's done that a lot. He's had opportunities to score. And then like he got bumped up to the top line with Miko and Landeskog a little bit. Like we've been swapping McKinnon, the lines McKinnon. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And even when McKinnon was hurt, he was up there with yeah. them too. And then he just kind of stuck around for a little bit, even when he was back. Yeah. He would defer a lot to Rantanen or to McKinnon or to Landeskog or even to Kadri when he was still on that second line. He finally took the shot again. And what a surprise. It was incredible. And he roofed it just underneath the bar. It's amazing what just a little bit of confidence can do to someone like that. It's yeah. It it describes itself.
0: Yeah. You've talked about this and you've watched Berkey since he was a rookie. He is the streakiest player in probably arguably the league.
1: Yeah. He's he's like a light version of Patrick line.
0: Yeah. But he, once he gets going, there's not a better, better wrist shot in the league. There's not.
1: It's at, it's at very least top five. Yeah. The way he lines up that shot and how fast it goes. And when he gets it, when he gets it right, how accurate it is. Yeah. It's a scary, scary shot. And he's had it ever since he was young. It's just the problem is it feels like sometimes he stops believing in his ability to pull it off. And he's like, Oh, well, Branton's a little better than me. Surely if I give this to him on what's a perfectly fine scoring chance for me, then he'll have a better chance than I do to score. It's just little things like that. He starts looking for the perfect play. Then he gets one and then he gets one the next night. And then when we're talking about this game against the Islanders coming up on Tuesday, I bet he scores again.
0: Yeah, he probably will. I th- My favorite stat you told me, he's he went through that 16-game goal of streak. His shooting percentage is still 17%. Right. That's, that's high.
1: all you need to know about Berkey. He went 16 games without scoring a goal. And right now after scoring two goals, it's 17% for his shooting percentage. That
0: shows how little he was shooting the puck. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy when you think about it, because in that Winnipeg game, we, we talked about it a little bit, Nathan McKinnon had 14 shots on goal. 14 <laughs> he set a franchise record yeah. for shots on goal. 14 shots on goal, which is crazy. Um, but I'm my favorite part of Berkey scoring. And I said this in the highlight video, I tweeted seeing Berkey's teammates reactions when he scored that goal was so great. I mean, they love Berkey. He is the, probably one of the favorite teammates on the team. And it was so good just to see, it felt like a weight was lifted off his shoulders and the rest of the team kind of picked up from that too.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they all knew the kind of slump he was in. He was asked about it after the Detroit game where he hit the post on the empty night. It's just my life right now. Everyone knew about it. And Bergie, like, He's just such a lovable dude. It was, is, same, it was the same way in Washington. Everyone loved him. He is the, he was the little brother to Ovi and Becky and everything. And now he's like a little brother to, to Landis gog here in Colorado. Like, did you see that that birthday video for Berkey? Yeah, they
0: love him, dude. They love they him. Love him. They,
1: they adore Berkey, even though he's not young anymore and he's 27. Like, Berkey is just such a, a great teammate. Everyone loves having him around. But it's also a thing. Like, he there are stretches of the season where he doesn't have any confidence and everyone can do what they can to try to break him out of it they can try to feed him pucks but at the end of the day he's the one that needs to decide to shoot and even in even in these two games he only shot it once in both games and he scored on each one both of them he got both of them so hopefully now that we're going against the islanders and we're going to make a little bit of an eastern conference stretch for a little bit hopefully we start seeing him shoot the puck more because he'll he'll
0: he'll start to score on them because he's good it's just sometimes he forgets that he's good forgets he forgets and we've talked about this before on the show he is the ultimate clutch player in elimination games
1: yeah so he is mr elimination game I, i think i've said it before but the last time a team of his was facing elimination and he did not score was 2017 that game seven against the penguins and even then he scored in the game six to get them to game seven twice so even that it kind of makes up for a goal per game kind of thing. Ever He's, since then he scored in game seven against Tampa Bay to get them to the Stanley cup final. He scored in game seven against Carolina in his last season in Washington. He scored in every elimination game against Dallas in the bubble, every single one game, five, six, and seven. And then against Vegas had not scored the entire run and scores in game six.
0: Yep. He's clutch, man. And we need Berkey. Um, It was, it's, it was so great, dude. I haven't cheered that loud for a goal. I, I, number one was Curtis McDermott, obviously, but number two was that one by Berkey. Like I felt so good for the dude. I don't know him personally, but he just seems like the ultimate guy to hang out with. And just, you could shoot the shit with. So Berkey's getting hot, exactly what we needed. Another player who has just gone to another level these past couple games um, who's actually the fifth leading scorer on this team, which is hilarious when you think about it. Uh, Nate, Nathan McKinnon is uh, found his goal-scoring touch again, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I would certainly say so. <laughs> Definitely a little bit. Now he has three goals in the last two games and buries the game-winning goal against Vegas again. What I, what do you even say about him? He, he's still apparently to some people having a, a down season, which is hilarious to me, but...
0: I think that's more of a testament to how good the Avs are. Like I said, he's the fifth leading scorer on this team right now. Fifth, and he's arguably a top three player in the world. And he's the fifth leading scorer on his own team. Like, yeah. it's it's crazy. And the goals he scored in these past two games against Winnipeg and Vegas are patented Nathan McKinnon goals, and they were all in different varieties. Yeah, like, that's that's if, a patented Nathan McKinnon goal. Yeah, all of so, them. All of them were just beautiful. I mean, the first one against Winnipeg showed off his speed, beat his guy to the spot, ripped a wrister like nothing Connor Hellbuck could do, deflected a goal in, which Nathan McKinnon doesn't do. And then, oh, a slap shot from the top of the circle in Vegas. Like, Nathan McKinnon is back. And we forgot to mention, too, he he missed the Detroit game. He missed the Detroit game with an injury and he came back and you would have never known he was hurt. Like, he is so fucking good. And it's just crazy to me to think that he is the fifth leading scorer on this team. I know he's missed a ton of games, but he's at what like a one point two five points per game, I'd say.
1: Actually, I just looked it up now. He actually has the most points per game on the team with the with these last two games. He just moved ahead of Kadri with one point three four, and yeah. six seven eight is McKinnon Kadri Rantanen on the list, which is hysterical.
0: Yeah, this team is loaded, dude. Um, I'm so happy that McKinnon's back. He's back and he's I think he's getting his, his confidence back a little bit. I think his confidence was a little shaken. Yeah we'll be saying up to also, now. Seven.
1: It, it's like eight percent. It's also just he's his season's constantly getting interrupted. Because yeah. he's had to, it seems like at least once a month he's had to miss at least two games. Where he got obviously he was hurt in November and missed the entirety of the month and came back in about mid-December. And he missed an odd game every here and there until the the Taylor Hall thing where he broke his fucking face. And then it's missed Facebook. a couple of um, games. Broken. Yeah. And then he has a nagging lower body thing that's been bothering him all season. And he misses the Detroit game. It's a, it's a testament to just how good he is that he hasn't let it interrupt him at all.
0: Yeah. I, I still think there's an outside shot. He gets the 30 goals.
1: I he really definitely do. has a chance to do. It. I mean, his shooting percentage is still the second lowest in his career. Yeah. He can still get up there. I mean, the, he had, I feel like we kind of just glossed over. I know you brought it up. He had 14 shots against the Jets. That does not happen. You don't
0: just do that. The Jets had 28 shots total. He had half of their shots. You don't like it's, we, we were talking about this off air. It's mind blowing because I think Landis had 12 shots on goal in that game too. Yeah. And so him and McKinnon almost had as many shots as the Jets did for the entire game between two players, two players. Um, I really do think he gets to thirty. I still think he has an outside shot at one hundred points. He'd have to get astronomically hot. I
1: mean, yeah, he's at fifty one right now.
0: Yeah, I think there's a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen. There's an outside chance for it. But if he was, he, if he played a full eighty two game season, it wouldn't even be a question. Wouldn't even be a question. But it's just funny because he's as good as he's been the past three years. I don't think he, he's never got no hundred points.
1: Yeah, I think isn't he get he got ninety nine. Yeah, and he got robbed. And then we had the shortened season where he was, he was 93. He was 93 in 69 games. Yeah. He would have eclipsed 100.
0: Yeah. And it's then just, it, it's a funny another, stat when you think yeah, about it.
1: He was on another 100 point pace last year, but he only played 48 games because of the shortened season and injuries. He scored 65 points and again, 51 <laughs> points in 38 games. And once again, he's probably just going to fall a little short of 100 points. I, I think he gets at least close to 90, but. It's not going to – we're going to have to wait till next year to see if he yeah. gets 100 for the first time, it's, which is it's, it's a really, so
0: annoying. It's annoying, but it's just a testament to how good he is, like you said. um Nathan McKinnon was great these past two games. Should we talk about the other player who's just been fantastic too, and that's Gabriel Landeskog? I like, mean, just shit. Why don't we just name the entire top six? Yeah. They're all fucking good. Yeah. I mean, Kadri's had a couple down games for his standards this year. Yeah,
1: he's only had like a couple assists.
0: Yeah, just a couple.
1: Just but a, Gabriel Landeskog
0: – Another hat trick against Winnipeg. Six goals against Winnipeg in the two games he's played against them this year. Yeah, he has two hat tricks
1: this season, and they're both against the Jets.
0: Hilarious. And he is twenty eight goals now. Twenty eight, I think, is what he's at. I so just
1: clicked off the stupid thing. I keep yeah doing no.
0: That. I'm gonna go off twenty
1: eight. Twenty eight.
0: Yeah, he is having a career year, and no one's talking about it. He's no one ahead of Rantanen in yeah. less games. Yeah. He's having a career and no one's talking about it. And I know people gave us a bunch of shit when we signed him to that contract this off season. I could give two shits if he's not Gabriel Landeskog those final two years to have him for six more years in his prime. I will take that all day. Every day. he's having a career year and he's what 28, 29. Yeah. He's, he's close yeah. to 30, yeah. but like even in
1: the back half of that contract, he's still Gabe Landeskog. Yeah. Even, even if he's not a, easy 30 goal scorer a season even if he's down like 15 yeah you know that might be a little rich at that point he's still the best captain in the league yeah we may be a little biased but well i don't care so <laughs> we may be a little biased but in terms of actually- pure captaincy i i don't think it's biased to say yeah.
0: that
1: i don't think it's biased but I, people will take
0: it that way if we say that well um, do something about but, it yeah do something about it um i i just feel like no one's talking about it he, he's at 28 goals and He's been wherever you plug and play him, he's producing this year, wherever. And he just gets lost in the shuffle with Kadri's career year. Another player is being forgotten. Miko Ranton is about to pass Kadri for the team lead in points. And they're both forgotten by the best defenseman in the league, Kale McCarr, who is on an assist streak right now of nine games, nine straight games with an assist. And it's just so many fucking good things going on for the Avalanche right now that. I, we just need to enjoy it because they could, like, what's the record for points in the season for a team?
1: Uh, Tampa Bay tied it a couple of years ago, but I, I think they had 62 wins. Yeah. I think, yeah, that sounded 62 wins. I don't know about points, but it's probably a lot. It's probably them because of different point yeah. systems and everything. But yeah, I think yeah. that Detroit team in 96. Maybe oh yeah. after. we Sorry to interrupt you, but to bring it up, we're at 80 points already. Yeah. <laughs> <It's fucking laughs> we're 52 ridiculous. games in. We're at 80 points. We're at 80 fucking points. That's so dumb. We're 80 points right now. 82 now because we beat
0: 82 points in 53 games. Their point percentage is ridiculous. The division, while it's not locked up yet, it's close to locked up for the center.
1: It's pretty locked. I mean, it's not locked up officially. We're 12 points ahead of the Blues. Yeah we would have to fall off and then they would have to get hot.
0: Yeah. They're they hot would, right now.
1: We talked, they've won seven of their past 10 games. Yeah, they're, they're seven, two, and one in their last 10. Minnesota's lost three in a row and they're four and six in their last 10. And now look at them. We're, we are 17 points ahead of them. Yeah.
0: They have three so, games in hand, but. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So they win all of
0: them. They're still 11 points behind <laughs> it's, us. It's this division's kind of like, even if the abs go through a losing streak, what's a losing streak for this team? Six and four in a 10 game stretch. A losing streak is losing two, which we don't do. Yeah. Every time we lose a game,
1: we follow it up with another win. We haven't lost consecutive games since Jesus. I haven't even thought of it. Columbus. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. That is un. I didn't even, that did not register with me until right now. That doesn't happen. No teams. Don't go through stuff like this. They don't.
0: It's It's not even going through anything. This is just what we are. And they still haven't played. This isn't the best version of the avalanche. It's not. Like, this team still has, I'd say, a good amount they could improve on. And they know it.
1: Jared Bednar is literally just having fun right now with the lines. He's throwing (laughs) Berkey up on the top line. He's putting Landis Gog with... Cadre, he's scratching Tyson Jost which we kind of brushed over a little bit and keeping Curtis McDermott in just to see how he fits with the four group just for fun we can afford to go up against the fucking Golden Knights and just screw around with our Lions to see how it would work in the playoffs because we have that luxury Uh, this doesn't happen
0: it's February and we're experimenting What are your thoughts? I really like Landis on that second line with Kadri and Nachushka. I have no complaints with anything
1: we do in the top six. It's like I said on the stream. Is there a bad combination? I don't think
0: there is. I don't think so. But the way that Kadri, Nachushka, and Landy all play, that is such a hard-working line. It is a glorious line. It is. All of their styles mesh so perfectly. Like, I mean, even in Vegas game last night, Val missed a couple chances like he yeah, missed yeah. a couple ch- he was set up a good amount and he missed a couple of there, them which was... I,
1: my favorite theory is that burakovsky and Natchushkins share the same hands it's like the second one of them gets hot the other one goes cold
0: yeah and val's been burying those all year i, I remember there were a couple cross ice cross seam passes that val just barely missed he couldn't control the puck um or else he could add a couple goals last night too. Like I, I don't know why, but I just love that line with Kadri, Natruškin, and Landeskog. It is just such a hard-working line, and they're great defensively, and they're great offensively. Like it's really good. And then you put Burakovsky, whose skill set matches very well with Rantanen and McKinnon. Yeah, that's that's just a
1: pure skill line, yeah, right there. And then you have a second line, which is incredibly skilled as well but will also throw you through the glass.
0: Yeah, they'll throw you through the glass. And this team's going to add someone in the trade deadline. They're going to add a top six forward. I am convinced they're going to add a top six forward. Yeah. Don't know who it's going to be. They are going to add a top six forward. I was I was just
1: thinking while you were talking, like, man, replace Burakovsky, no offense to Burakovsky, with Claude Giroux. And then you put, you Claude Giroux, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and then you bump Berkey down or Nichushkin take your pick to the third line. Yeah. And then you have o'connor new and Berkey.
0: new playing great too man that assist he had to burakovsky he had eyes in the back of his head that was a great and that was great scouting by him too because teams know that's where new hook goes on the power play he yeah. goes in that yeah. bumper slot rips it he realized he didn't have the shot and he made a perfect pass to burakovsky who was wide open on the back door like yeah skin's new- 21 and he already has
1: that he already has that kind of awareness it's yeah. it, it's this team is unbelievable like i feel like i feel like a lot of our episodes have been kind of the same sometimes and it's not even our fault it's just like what do you say at a certain point other than just how good this team is and the, it's like i said the vegas games were were the were the measuring sticks for me for this entire season they both just so happened to be in the span of like a week and a half which yeah. was not the case to start the season but you, I know Vegas was incredibly injured. We do have to acknowledge that a little bit. They didn't have Pacioretty. They didn't have Mark Stone. They didn't. They haven't had Alec Martinez. They didn't have Robin Leonard in net either. But again, this was a super desperate team that deserved to win this game. We still marched in there and stole it from them. How am I not supposed to feel good about this team's chances in the playoffs? And we, we talked about this off air, which we tend to do a lot. But just to kind of switch the, the conversation here, how do they not win in the playoffs? Like, I, I know it's incredibly ahead of ourselves to bring up, but I watch this team and I watch them go down three, nothing to the jets for fun and come back and win by, they don't just come back down three, nothing. They win by three just because they can, they play better than Vegas in the third period for 26 seconds and score twice to win that game. They are pacing the league in comebacks alone and just their entire mentality feels different this year and how they approach each and every game and how they're experimenting for the playoffs already. I keep looking ahead to the playoffs, and I'm like, how do they not do it? How do they not
0: do it? I'm struggling to find a team that can beat them four times. Hey,
1: everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360-style windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Just $1 on any team of your choice, any game of your choice, and you have the opportunity for $150 in free bets. Bets. and if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet you can still take your shot at a big payday every day with DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineups, which is something that I personally do just about every day with the NHL everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest and if you're like me daily fantasy hockey contests. You can play for as little as a dime or for as much as you want. It's all up to you. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit as well. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources, void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 887-9777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-APE-HOPE-NY or call HOPE-NY-467-369. Now, back to the episode. I, that's, that's the thing. Like last, like last year... I know I said this last year to people who were with me last year, which is very few of you, and I don't blame you, but (laughs) it was always Vegas. Vegas was the thing. That is the one team that can beat us four times, and they did. It was never going to be St. Louis. It was never going to be Minnesota. It was never going to be whoever got into that fourth slot, which I guess was eventually St. Louis. But it was always going to be Vegas. There was at least one team that could definitively beat us in four games, and we could do the same to them. And it, that's exactly what happened. Now you look at it, you know, and, P- and Peter Ball tweeted out a poll, like, who are you most afraid of in the West? Vegas, St. Louis, Minnesota, and Calgary. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't answer the poll because I'm i not afraid of any of them.
0: I think we, we talked about this. The only team I'm afraid of, and that's just because they've beaten us, is Vegas. That's the yeah. only team I'm afraid of. Like, if you put a gun to my head and force me to answer, I would say Vegas. Yeah, it, it's Vegas. but. It's, I, 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 I'm struggling too. I, I don't know how this team loses four times in a series unless Darcy Kemper just forgets how to play goalie. And then if Pablo Francos forgets how to play goalie, I think that's the only way, man. Yeah. Like, I, I, I look at each individual matchup. Like I'd say right
1: now, Calgary, Minnesota is the second best team in the West. I guess right now it's Calgary just yeah, right they, now. It's they, Calgary. they literally beat Minnesota last yeah. night. So it's hard to say it's not them right now. I look at a head-to-head matchup. Where does Calgary have an advantage? Like, I I mean that genuinely. I'm not mocking. Like, where do they have the advantage?
0: You can make an argument for goaltending.
1: Yeah, Markstrom's been incredible this season.
0: Markstrom's been incredible.
1: Forwards, even then, marginal at best.
0: Yeah. Forwards, I'd say they're
1: closer with Toffoli. But if you- Am crazy to say I don't really think Tyler Toffoli is? He's good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's
0: that good. No, no. I, I'm just saying, with the addition of him, they, they got better. But if you stack their top three against our top three, McKinnon's way better than Goudreau. Rantanen's better than Kachuk. And Landeskog's better than Lindholm. Like, yeah. You could make an argument for forwards. Defenseman, it's not even close. They have Defenseman's
1: not a competition.
0: No. And it's it, – goaltender's really the only thing. And that's is the most important thing in the playoffs. Goaltending is the most important thing. So I'd give Calgary the advantage there just – based off the season as a whole right now, I'd say Calgary has better goaltending granted. This is coming off of if the flames would have just played that Vancouver game where they lost seven to one, I would laugh, but Markstrom is good and they'll be out for a little bit of revenge after what the abs did to them three years ago. Now, which is crazy to think about, Jesus, yes. um, but I, in the West, I, I, right now, if the playoffs started today, the abs would match up with Dallas. Yeah. If they started today they match up with Dallas. I'd give Dallas two games. And I think that's gracious. They beat us yeah. in two games. That, I think that's a
1: best case scenario for Dallas. Yeah. Like That also relies on Jake Ottinger being what he was the last time they beat us. And that where he made 46 saves. Yeah. That relies heavily on that because they. you look at everything. They don't have the firepower. They nope. don't. They're, they 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 have a new top line with Pavelski, Robertson and Hintz, which was their second line last year because their top line has not been good. Fast. Ben Ben and Sagan have d- regressed and Radulov has been invisible. Yeah. And like their defense is good with Heisken in, but Klingberg hasn't been great this they're year. They're
0: probably going to trade Klingberg.
1: Yeah, like it we still don't know what's going to happen with Dallas. I like, guess they match up well with us. I also just think in the playoffs in the first round with an angry Nathan McKinnon, two games, a lot has to go right for Dallas yeah. in that as well.
0: It has to go right. I I think six is fair. I'll give them six. Yeah. I, I think that's where it is. Um, And then you've got, I'd say Minnesota and St. Louis right now in the playoffs is toss up. Right now I'd probably give St. Louis the edge just cuz I trust their goaltending more. I mean they're they're um, going to go back and forth until the end. Right now
1: Minnesota's colder, St. Louis is is burning hot and that's that's going to alternate throughout the rest of the season. I think Minnesota ends up finishing ahead of them. I think that series goes 7 and it just yeah. depends who it depends who plays better in one game.
0: Yeah, and who has home ice. I think whoever yeah. has home ice in that one's huge. Um and then in that next round, I mean if it's Minnesota, I th- just inevitably when we play Minnesota it's game 7. So just based off that, I'm going to say 7. Um, that may be gracious because Minnesota's goaltending is bad.
1: Yeah, um, Cam Talbot is not the answer. They're going to yeah. have to. They're going to have to lean on Kapokakinen and hope he can withstand the storm of the playoffs yeah. and the avalanche at the same time.
0: Yeah. So we'll have to see. Um, I, I, I'd say seven if we play St. Louis. I say six again. I mean, St. Louis like the Abs have the advantage in pretty much everything there. They're defensemen for St. Louis unless they add someone is a huge liability for that yeah team.
1: but like even then like i've we listed calgary like now that you kind of spell it out calgary definitely is i'd say the closest in terms of a matchup because st louis they're not in any way like we have better forwards better defense better goaltending yeah so Minnesota, we have better forwards better defense better goaltending like the Flames are the only one where you could have a discussion about at least one.
0: Yeah, at least one. Um, I feel good I, I, against that. And then the Western Conference Finals, like we talked about with the Flames. Right now, you'd have to say the Flames beat Vegas. Right now, yeah. I'm not saying that's going to be the case in the
1: playoffs. It, like it could be Nashville in the Western Conference yeah. Final. Like you, you have no idea if UC Soros is going to post a nine ninety in the first two rounds yeah. after they get a wild card spot and carry them there. And also the thing about Calgary, we haven't played them yet. We still have three games to play against them. We don't know how well we match up against them or how badly we match up against them. So we'll see where that ends up going with them. It's just, you look at everything that's transpiring right now. It it feels a lot different than it did last year because last year was too easy. This has not been easy. This has not been easy whatsoever. This is a team that knows what its job is. And even if they were second in the central somehow right now, I don't even think they would really care. Because it doesn't seem like they're going out there with the intention of we need this president's trophy. They're just winning games just, just because that's how good they are. Yeah, just because it's, it's how not good
0: a fluke. It's not fluke. And we we talked about this. We we just gushed about all these players. We just gushed about all of them. I still don't think the Avs have played their best hockey yet this year. No.
1: That's the no, thing. Like no, people, no. people from the outside might look at this and be like, oh, well, they're peaking too early. No, they're absolutely not. <laughs> If you've watched every game like we have,
0: they have definitely not played their best no, hockey. they the have. They months. still
1: have things to work on. They are not leaving that game against Vegas being like, "Great job, boys! Another easy win." Like, no, they they did not have a shot for 14 minutes of that yeah. third period. They killed off 14 minutes of a penalty for the for the end of that game, and they fucking won anyway. Like. I, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like there are, I'm looking for rational explanations. I, I I can't recall seeing a team as good as this, like maybe the, that lightning team from a couple of years ago, but even then I saw instances in that lightning team where they looked weak and got killed in a couple of games. It's happened once this season, maybe twice if you count the Toronto game. I I I'm running out of explanations because we keep waiting for that losing streak to happen. We keep saying it's inevitable that it's going to happen and maybe it still will, but we've been talking about it for a month and a half. Like, Oh, they're going to start. They're, they're going to start. They're going to lose two or maybe even three games in a row. And then after the Boston game, I was like, okay, well that's a, we were waiting for that loss. Let's see if there's anything that comes out of this. No, we rattled off three more wins. Yeah. We have not lost lost consecutive games since the first two games of
0: fucking November. What? Yeah. It's, it's crazy dude. And that Boston game, that that was the worst game they've played in a long time. And they rattled off three straight wins. Yeah. And you you can, you can also just even chalk that game up to it's 11 AM and it threw off their rhythm. Final game of a road trip too. like, that was the most predictable loss of the year. And they're all and like, when you look
1: long, uh, not long picture, big picture. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. You're trying look, to
0: say long term, but you're yeah. okay. You look at the big picture, they went three and one on that road trip. Yeah. <laughs> three and one. It's, it's crazy. Dude. That's why I think if this team does slump, a slump for them would be a six and four stretch. That'd be a slump for them. A
1: slump is literally two losses in a row. Yeah. For the standards of this team, losing two in a row would be catastrophic. Like, oh, Apps Twitter would lose it, dude. Oh my God. Can you imagine? If we, if we go two through games in a row.
0: Yeah. I mean, Vegas is going through it right now. Like yeah. we'll pivot to that. Like, cause we want to talk about that. Cause it's going to be, I want to take advantage of dance on Vegas's grave while they're down, because I know for damn sure they're going to be fine, but we want to take advantage of that while we can. Um, Vegas Twitter is in shambles right now. Uh, after that, this.
1: Vegas Twitter is just always in shambles, especially yeah. when it comes to their goaltending.
0: Yeah, they are in shambles. I've never seen a team love Marc-Andre Fleury as much as they do. Um, they think he's the solution for everything. And Brassois, I thought was good last night. He made a couple big saves in the second period. He was not bad in both games against the apps. He was really fucking good. Um, but Vegas is in full on meltdown mode right now. I mean, they lost Arizona, which I can't make fun of them because we lost Arizona too. No, we can, because they lost in regulation. We lost. That's true. Good point. Griffin. Good point. They did lose to Vegas or Arizona in regulation. Um, and then they followed it up and lost to Colorado last night or Saturday night when you're listening to this, I was just reading. It's fun to go on. I never tweet anything to those teams because I I bat old takes exposed if I ever do that. Um, But just seeing all of them freak out, they want to fire Peter DeBoer. They, the system doesn't work. And it's like, Holy shit guys, you've lost two games in a row. Like I I get the panic is that you're may fall the playoffs, but the Pacific division kind of fucking sucks. You're, you're going to be okay. Like I, I, still think they're going to be, um, probably finished second in the division. I think that's a safe. Like LA has been playing great hockey. Do you trust LA? No, no, no. I, I don't. Um, they're going to be not yet. If they get Chikrin, maybe. Even maybe. then. Yeah, but they're going to catch LA. Edmonton is way too hot and cold. Like Ed-
1: Edmonton's right there though. Edmonton's yeah. right on their tail. I mean, they're right on their tail. Don't get me wrong. Vegas. But- Vegas is not in the division conversation anymore. They're in the playoff conversation yeah. right now. Points per game wise, they are eighth. They are behind the Dallas stars and are one point ahead of the Edmonton Oilers. If the Oilers managed to beat the hurricanes today, they lost two to one. If they managed somehow to beat them right now, the golden Knights would be on the outside
0: of the playoffs. It's pretty funny. It's, like, very, it's very funny. It's very funny um because no one thought this was going to happen and they have
1: a losing record at home
0: yeah the the allure of vegas is gone like it's gone like people don't get scared to go play in vegas anymore um probably look forward to it now yeah i still think they're going to make the playoffs i really do but do i feel as confident of them getting the western conference finals i did the beginning of the year No no chance in hell no chance in hell and mark stone i know has been battling injuries all year which he has I say that in quotations now because there's no way he should be on LTIR. Um, he's going to have to get back up to game speed. And that's hard to do in the playoffs. I, I would say Nikita Kucherov is significantly better than Mark Stone.
1: Yeah, Nikita Kucherov is a very different yeah. case. Yeah. Like Nikita Kucherov is a top five player in the world. Yeah. Even right now, he is top of the league in points per game. Like, he's uh, re- ahead of everyone. Yeah, he scored really like three points in game one against Florida
0: because he's just yeah. that good. He's going to find. I think Mark Stone's going to take a little bit more time. To and Mark get Stone has also just struggled this season too. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously he,
1: you can accredit it a lot to the injuries he's had, I'm sure. But he hasn't I don't, been great. Yeah,
0: he hasn't been great. We, we we can say it. He hasn't been great.
1: Yeah, um, and with Max Patch too, he didn't play in this game because he got hurt against Arizona. How many times has Max Pacioretty even hurt this season? Is this number four? Yeah, at least. Like, Cause he got hurt at the very beginning of the season. Then again, then missed like six weeks.
0: Yeah. Now we
1: don't, we don't know what's going on this time.
0: Yeah. So, so you,
1: you get to the playoffs is Max Pacioretty going to make it out of the first round.
0: Yeah. You don't know. And Robin Leonard tore, supposedly tore his labrum in his shoulder. That's a pretty significant injury for a goalie. Yeah. And uh, I, I have not seen one
1: consistent timeline on when he's going to be back. I've heard yeah. one to two months. I heard he could be back in like a week or two, like, no one knows no one seems to have a good answer
0: yeah and this all relates back because at the start of the year we knew it was vegas or colorado coming out of the west like the odds on favorites were vegas and colorado now with vegas struggling they may be lucky to make it to the western conference finals oh yeah they may be able lucky this all relates back to the abs this is the abs best chance to win a cup this year is their best chance yeah no way fans or butts it's their best chance.
1: Yeah. You look at the competition around me. There are good teams in the West. I'm not going to sit here and say Minnesota and Calgary suck. They don't. They're very good teams. We're better. Yeah, And we do not really have a team that I look at and be like, I don't know about this. Yeah. You got to get to the final at you have to. absolute bare fucking minimum. You have to get to the final because there's no reason to lose to any of these teams taking away any potential circumstances that could come up in the playoffs. Injuries. Injuries, blah, blah, horrible officiating, whatever. We will deal with all of that in time when the playoffs roll around. But looking at it right now, it's like I said, how do we not – especially when the team is this good, when they're this good and this consistently good, I just – I'm not even trying to be like so biased, like how do we not win? I'm genuinely curious, how do we not win? Because if we don't win, I would love to see how what the what the problem is that stops us from winning. Maybe it is this team just doesn't have it in the playoffs to me to put my my, my old school hockey voice on. Maybe they just don't have it to wear in the yeah. playoffs. Like maybe, maybe so.
0: If that if that's a thing, I would love to see that. Cause then it's at least that's an answer. It's, I, it's at I, least an answer. I, I don't, I'm struggling right now in the West to find a team that's going to beat the abs four times in the series. Like I'm struggling.
1: Like you, I'm struggling to find teams that beat us at all, like in a game and it's not many to be us four times out of seven. Like I, I would be fascinated to see how they could possibly do it.
0: I don't, I, I, it sounds very like futuristic thinking that we think this is going to happen, but, just judging off this team, I think they're going to start playing their best hockey once they add that top six full. They're going to add someone. They're going to make a big splash because Sackic realizes the West is down this year. You, you need to pounce on this right now. This is your conference to win. Um, whether that's Claude Drew, whether it's a couple other names that have been rumored around, it, it's going to be they're going to make a move for someone. He's going to go all in this year. And if they add that and you get the 20-so games with that player is what it kind of comes out to after the trade deadline. Yeah, about that. If they can get into that fold and you have a top six with McKinnon, Rantanen, uh, Landeskog, Kadri, Nachushkin, Berkey, and maybe Giroux, like, that's seven forwards right there that you can make a case to play on a top line. Um, if they add a Claude Giroux, it'd be weird because the Avs will probably start winning some face-offs um that'd be a crazy sight but uh i mean i i want to like not be so positive about this team because it it happens there's going to be times where you lose and you're not going to win the cup but this is the best chance to do it and this is the most confident i've been in an avalanche team in a very long time
1: yeah like i'd be devastated if we lose like even more so than i was last year like i because i just don't see it I'm, Last year I'm, was I'm bad. trying to. I don't yeah. I don't want to say this and have it put out in the universe, but I can't watch this team and come to a different conclusion. To do otherwise would be delusional. Yeah. Like it, it feels delusional to say that how does this team not win a cup? I know that's the thing that sounds delusional. But when you watch this team, I, I don't know how it comes out to any other conclusion. Like to, I don't to say otherwise, you're you're negative, yeah, and you're and looking for reasons.
0: I don't know either. And the thing is, in the playoffs, you you aren't going to have a letdown game. Like that that Winnipeg game, the start of that game was a letdown. They were they were looking forward to Vegas, and then they figured their shit out and they rattled off six unanswered goals, right? Six unanswered. Like they they won't have that in the playoffs. There should not be a letdown game at all.
1: Right. And I don't think
0: there will be, but. They've gone on the road and won big games. They have they clearly can win big games at home. Yeah. Very they're clearly. The best, they're
1: the best home team in the league.
0: Yeah. Very clear the best. And I feel more confident about them on the road than I have in a long time um, because they've shown the ability to come back on the road, which in the playoffs on the road, I, there's, I have no idea how to like factually check the stat I'm about to say, but I feel like the home team in the playoffs scores the first goal like 90% of the time. It's at least half. Yeah. Yeah. At least half. So, and they've shown the ability that they can come back in those situations. Like they've shown that ability that they can come back on the road. This isn't just like a home thing. They can only come back at home. They've come back on the road these past couple of weeks and won big games. Um, They handle the momentum swings of the team. I would love to see them be more structurally sound defensively. If I'm going to gripe with anything, I think our defense is probably. Yeah.
1: Kind of sloppy against
0: yesterday. Sloppy against Vegas. And they, it has, they, whenever they get pressured with the four check, I still see some times where they can get pinned in their own zone. But I have no doubt in my mind that they could figure that out in the playoffs. And maybe one game it may trip them up, but you better believe in that next game, they'll figure yeah, that it's shit like out. It's
1: like we said, four times out of seven. Yeah. Like that's hard to do. Yeah. The, the, I'll put it like this the biggest threat to the Avalanche is the Avalanche. Yep. If they don't win, it's their fault. End mm-hmm. of story. It's not because a team was better than us.
0: Hundred percent their fault. And I mean, the craziest trade acquisition the Abs could make is a player who's hurt right now. If Bo Byron can come back and stay healthy and can continue the play he was having when the season started, that def- that, that top four defensively, I mean, Sam Gerard's been great this year, and he's playing with Jack Johnson. Who shout out Jack Johnson? Almost had his second goal of the year in Vegas. Me and Griffin set up lost his for confidence. Yeah. We thought he scored in real life. I'm still not convinced to hit JT, but uh, you put Jack Johnson back down with Eric Johnson and they've shown the ability. They can play together pretty well. That's a good third pair defenseman group. Yeah, that's good. And like, I'd still want to get
1: another defenseman because I haven't been super nuts about Eric Johnson recently. I feel like he's been struggling a bit and Jack Johnson's been fine as well, but I you can't bet on Bo coming back as much as no. I want him
0: to. I want him to, but it, it he was skating again, which is great. Um, did you see that thing? Or I'm going to go totally off topic. Did you see that thing that Vegas said on their broadcast last night that we rushed him back from his head injury that colossar caused? No oh, bro, go watch this when you're done with this. You are going to be fuming. I'm bummed you didn't see this when we were recording. You are going to be
1: fuming. I mean, I avoid most things Vegas. Like like the last time I watched a Vegas broadcast after they put Mark Stone on LTIR and during intermission, they're like, we're not doing anything wrong. You're you're doing something wrong by thinking they're doing something wrong. Also, while you're looking for that, uh, very topical on the defenseman talk. We will not be getting Mario Ferraro at the deadline. He is out six to eight weeks while he repairs a left fibula fracture.
0: Oh yeah, he done broke his leg bad, man. Yes, I, I watched it. Totally. It was a, uh, I forget which team did it to him. It was a cheap ass hit. Um, yeah, I forget who did it, but yeah, it was a bad hit. But Boston, shocking, right? Shocking,
1: shock. I think it was Taylor Hall. Actually, it was Taylor Hall. Oh wow, he just yeah. so happens to find himself on another.
0: Yeah. Visit. Yeah. It was, it was Taylor hall. Um, so I would love to get that defensive. I don't know who it is.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a GM and I'm not a scout, so yeah. I don't have the correct answer, but I trust our management group enough that they'll make the right call.
0: Yeah. If there's they one, were.
1: if there's one thing this team has maybe had some question marks about, it's been their trade deadlines recently. Like last yeah. year's trade deadline wasn't great. Obviously bringing in Nemeth wasn't good. Dubnik wasn't the answer for the backup either and could have done better i'm interested to see how they respond to it this time or if they do anything at all because we've gushed this entire episode this team's good enough to win right now like if you just if if a Giroud deal just doesn't come together you don't need to force it and capitulate to the flyers and give them whatever they want you don't need to do that and you you, you can get another middle six guy you can get a bottom six guy but this team's good enough to win right now like at the end of the day I even feel more confident in this team than I ever did last year.
0: Last year, I felt really good too. I did too. But year. in, in hindsight,
1: it does make more sense because we played some terrible teams Yeah, and also had one very specific roadblock that had a very good chance of beating us and did.
0: And they did. Oh, I'm sending you the video now. You're going to lose your shit, bro. Oh, boy. Hey, let, 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 let's pause this right now. Pa- yeah. Pause the, Pause the recording.
1: Yeah, we're going to pause. I'm going to listen to this and then probably explode.
0: Because I want Griffin's reaction because Griffin's going to lose his shit. So we'll be back in one second.
1: Yeah, we'll be right back.
0: Okay, we're back. Uh, Griffin, just watch a clip. What, what are your thoughts, Griffin? Because it had me fuming last night when I saw it.
1: What the fuck are you talking? Who is that? <laughs> I don't Who know, the man. Fuck is that? And how did you get a job? What the hell are you talking about? We, we rushed, rushed him back. We rushed him back by not playing him the playoffs after Keegan Colazar gave him a concussion. Are we just going to leapfrog over that and this... just act like that didn't happen? And also act like he did not get a separate concussion?
0: Yeah. What the he... fuck are you he... talking about? He he this whole thing with Bo Byram started off of the Keegan Colasar Lambo leap. Yeah. The, if, the one where he
1: left his feet and pancaked him into the glass for no reason.
0: The puck was gone. Oh, um, but, but we rushed him. But did he even play in the regular season last year Did he play? No, but, he didn't play another game after that. Yeah. He and didn't play he didn't. another game. Didn't play in the playoffs. He didn't play another hockey game until October. What are yeah. you talking about? And then takes an elbow from Bo Horvath. And I'm he's, concussed. Again. yeah, he's, he's, he's concussed again. And he came back for, I think it was what, two games. He played at least one against the yeah. Leafs. Yeah. And he then it was like, no. Yeah. And he went through the shit with concussions and they have the audacity to talk about a 20 year old, f- a 20 year old kid. He's like,
1: oh, he's not physically mature yet. It's a brain injury. Yeah. Like, he's it's not like, oh, he's not strong enough yet. He got a traumatic blow of the head twice. Yeah. He, he on three shots. Really... One of yeah. them from your pieces of shit, by the way. <laughs> Trust the, me, the man. Fucking gall any Golden Knight member to even be loosely involved with that organization to say that. Yeah. You have That's... some cojones.
0: Yeah, Holy and I, shit. like I was surprised. I would have. Wa- I may go back and watch their broadcast, and if they talk about the hit on Nolan Patrick, because that was. I mean, Nolan Patrick is has the same kind of head injuries, like, but he didn't preface it with that. Like it's,
1: it, well, it was they just scary. they just brought it up. They're like, oh yeah, and Bowen Byram, a former first overall. The, 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 the normal announcer was fine. I don't know. Who, I don't know who this jerk off is, but. Yeah. He just bounced it. I said to you while I was watching it, he, did, he didn't He did even say anything about Bo yet. The second he opened his mouth, I was like, oh, no.
0: Yeah, here we it was go. bad.
1: He it was, was bad. stuttering over his words in the first five seconds. You can know he had no clue He's, what the hell he was
0: talking he about. He wasn't physically ready. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I think like, it's more of a credit to Bo Byram that he recognized, hey, I'm not where I need to be to play hockey. I need to step away. Like yeah, I think yeah. that shows more maturity than any 20-year-old I know. Yeah, and talking about physical maturity with a brain injury? Yeah. What? What? So if he put on 20 more pounds, it wouldn't have happened? Yeah, he wouldn't have caught that stray elbow. He, if yeah, he was 20 wouldn't, pounds He wouldn't
1: there. have caught the, the UFC spinning elbow from Bo Horvath. Yeah. And Bo wasn't even looking at him. And yeah. also, this is all Keegan Colazar's fault, by the way,
0: if we're just yeah. going to brush over that. Yep. Yeah, it is. So I'm sorry we had to go on that sidetrack there, listeners. Oh, thank uh, I you. I got Griffin. I, I got Griffin all riled up. Um, Yeah. yeah. Now Daisy's looking at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) I am. We are a little crazy, but uh, if Bo comes back and you add Bo to that defenseman group, you'd still love to get another one because you're still just another injury away from fucking Ryan Murray and Eric Johnson. And given Murray's injury history, you're an injury away from him. Oh, yeah. We didn't even mention Ryan
1: Murray and just how he's been brutal. Yeah. lately like i if there's one player i do not have confidence in on this team it's ryan murray yeah he's he's, he's just an odd man
0: out yeah right now he is so we still need to find another defenseman which is what every playoff contending team is going to look for another defenseman right um, like this team just needs to they have
1: everything so i hope this makes sense therefore they need a little bit of everything
0: yeah just as insurance if that exactly makes sense because the playoffs are a different beast players are going to get hurt um you got to be ready to go so they need to add that. I do think this is year sack. It goes all in and he gets that big forward. I mean, I know you're bummed. It's not going to be Joe Pavelski, but it's, it's, uh, it's not, it's not official. That's not, not Not
1: official. Pavelski. It's yet. I'm still on the train until the train is off the tracks.
0: Yeah. And we talked about a couple names um, today that may not be as good as Claude Giroux, because we've talked about, unless Claude Giroux wants to come to Colorado, we are going to lose every bidding more. Right.
1: And that's the same thing for every big name player. Yeah.
0: Unless they I the, that's the reason him.
1: why we talk about Claude Giroux is because if he wants to come here, that's the best opportunity to get a top six player. Cause like Tomas Hurdle, for example, you're not going to outbid the Bruins. Nope. You're not. Um, unless you're giving up a significant prospect, which, yeah. you, which you might, I don't know. I'm right. not going Maybe that's worth it, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. We'll see. It, it's going to be tough because that player is going to have to say they want to come to the avalanche and that is the only place they will come. Like th- that's really the case. That's right. how it and and even
1: then it, if they, if they don't have a no trade clause, the team can just be like, cool. Fuck anyway. You. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Fuck anyway, uh, here's Pittsburgh or whatever.
0: So I'm interested to see what they do. We'll know more in these next couple of days. I'd assume who's going to be yeah, for sure on the block. There's been a lack of trade rumors recently. Yeah.
1: I, like I read uh, 32 thoughts the other day from Elliot Freeman. I was, I was kept scrolling, like waiting for like the, the big rumor. And there was really not much. There's nothing. Drew is qu- on quiet, and then we're not going to get an answer on that, and probably until the deadline. Yeah. But like I didn't He wants to play his thousandth game with. Like, he's going to play his thousandth game, which is like six days before the deadline.
0: Yeah. So we'll probably see a tune up with him. I mean, Thomas Hurdle, I mean, I think the Sharks are going to be sellers now. I think it should be. And we talked about this on the stream too. I just, the the
1: Sharks need to accept reality at some point and accept they're just not that good. And they're not going to be good for a while unless they accept being worse for a couple of years, which they already were, except they traded that draft pick for Eric Carlson. So Ottawa got Tim Stutzel instead.
0: Yeah. So maybe he gets traded. We talked a little bit. Like, I don't know if Columbus trades Patrick Line now because they're kind of in the midst of that run again.
1: So funny. Yeah. I know they're not going to trade him because he's great and they want, they want to build a future around him. But if they, for some reason did, that's the kind of guy where I'm like, I, there's very few prices I wouldn't be willing to pay like new hook oh, for right. sure off the board, but like Darren. Baron maybe Olsen. Oh, I, yeah, definitely. I'd be okay with losing Olsen for yeah. Patrick line.
0: Yeah. So,
1: I, love, I love I love Line a, a lot. A lot of this is bias because Patrick
0: Line is one of my favorite non abs. Yeah, so he'd be great, but I don't think Columbus is. They lost again tonight, so maybe they're falling off. But they're not going to make the playoffs unless
1: the Capitals completely crumble, which they very well might because possible. that team sucks, and I yeah. hate them if the caps completely fall off the wagon, Columbus takes over the second wild card and has the honor of getting destroyed in the first round instead. But the thing with Lion a, it's not, it's not as simple as just this season. That's a guy you can, you can build something around too. And they also wanted him
0: for a very long time. Yeah. It's just Winnipeg was not going to trade him to us. Yeah. So I would be in Columbus wanted him for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Columbus wanted him, but it's, I don't know, man. Maybe him. I mean, we talked a little bit about Boone Jenner from Columbus. He'd be okay. Yeah. Me and you texted about it. Yeah, we talked really? about Boone Jenner. Yeah. Because that's what we started. We started talking about Boone Jenner and like maybe line A. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we talked a little bit today, maybe Paul Stastny, but he doesn't really move the needle for the team, I'd feel like. Yeah.
1: I brought up Andrew Kopp, who yeah.
0: I, honestly, I I would like
1: Andrew Kopp. as like a middle six backup yeah. option. I don't hate it. 12 goals. 16 assists in 47 games. I feel like that's a decent addition to the third line. Oh, maybe. yeah. And then you that's a bump, great addition to the you third. You bump line. LOC down, maybe, or Comfort down maybe. I think it's LOC. LOC yeah. hasn't uh, LLC played better last night, but he has not been LOC good. the last two games has had a nice little comeback. He hasn't gotten any points or any goals, but he's been oh he got a point a on the
0: Jack Johnson one. That's what he, he, on he did. Yeah, JT. he definitely.
1: The second I said that I was like, wait, that's wrong. Yeah. I can't prove it. But yeah, so I think I,
0: maybe that, but it's... It doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't
1: move a needle. It's yeah. it's more insurance than anything and just rounding out your bottom six, yeah. which, I mean, I don't love the idea of playing McDermott at forward. It makes me feel like there's a bit of a hole, even if there isn't one, because I know we scratched Knack and Jost the last two games to make that work. But I mean, I don't know. Andrew Kopp, to me, feels like a pretty realistic target.
0: Yeah, he'd add to the bottom six, I it's going to be interesting because Joe Sackick, I think, I, I think we have no idea. Cause Joe Sackick plays his cards very close to his chest. He does not give any indication of what he's going to do, but I think he feels like he has to take the shot now. Yeah.
1: Like, and, and to his credit, we already kind of have with the Kemper trade. We trade yeah. the first round pick was for Kemper. The second round pick was for Devontae's. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. It's not, it's not like we wasted those.
0: Yeah. Those are pretty good trades, but uh I just, I have a feeling he's going to do it. I just, I mean, it's like, it's like we said,
1: how can you not give this team every opportunity you can Yeah, like, cause it's like, it's like, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It would almost feel irresponsible to not. Yep. It's like, you're you not, can, you, you don't know what's going to happen next year. Your entire second line is expiring. You can kind of guess that Kadri's pricing himself out.
0: But yeah, you don't know sure.
1: himself out both of your goalies are expiring. you don't know what Kemper's going to demand and you just don't know the goalie market yep and you don't know if any team's going to get a lot better next year or if your team is injured as fuck next year and you, yep. you struggle to make the playoffs like you cannot predict anything and then the year after that you have McKinnon's new contract kick in you you have to do everything you can and he has done everything he
0: can. I don't want this to come off as he hasn't yeah. but you, you gotta continue it. Yep. You got it. You got to take your shots every once in a while. And it, I know Sakik is very big on developing prospects to bring them up to replace players. It's a good system. It's what's worked for the Tampa Bay lightning, but even the Tampa Bay lightning made those big trades a couple of years ago. They traded for Blake Coleman. They traded for Barkley Goudreau. They traded multiple first round picks for him. You yeah. got they Ryan. Had, they McDonough. also
1: had those two first round yeah. picks.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got right. They got Ryan McDonough. They traded to Mestikoff and a couple other players for him. I remember that trade. Um, they traded Druan for Sergachev. Like you, you you still have to make those trades and you can still develop people and bring them up to be big players for you. Um, and it'll be interesting because this is very unlike Sakik to make moves in the season. He's very much he builds his team in the off season, which is the responsible thing to yeah, do.
1: Yeah, and that's the right thing to do. You build the team the best you can in the off season, and then you see what you need at the deadline.
0: Yep. It's better to do that than what Edmonton's going to have to do this year, where they right, both which is home.
1: literally continue to build, or like what the Caps have to do at yeah. the deadline if they want to compete, which they won't. But they need to do like major surgery right yeah. now, or just
0: stand pat and accept their beatdown. Yeah, like, which would be the responsible thing for the Caps to do. The Abs are in a perfect spot where you're a fully healthy body, but you can add something else to it to make it even better. Right. So. I'm interested to see what they do. It's going to be crazy these next couple of weeks with the trade deadline speculation, because really it, it's not bad to say this. The Avs are pretty much in coast mode until the playoffs. Now
1: they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to win the division. They're going to win the West Un- unless Calgary just never loses again. They're going to win the West and they're in a very good spot with the president's trophy. So they're in a very good spot to have home ice throughout the playoffs. That's yep. not really much in question. Cause even like, even we talked about like this team doesn't lose consecutive games. Florida's lost three in a row. Yeah. And Carolina goes on their stretches too. And Carolina, I mean, our ancho website's So inconsistent sometimes. I don't know how true this is anymore. Right now we're four points ahead of them, even though they beat. Edmonton. Yeah, I refreshed it, but I can't trust it because this thing doesn't update properly sometimes. So we are four points ahead of them right now. And they have one game in hand. So we're still ahead of them in points per game as well. We're in a good spot unless we fall off a
0: little bit. Yeah. It's ours to lose. I'll put it like that. It's ours to lose. And I feel pretty good about it. So, ah, man, we, we could keep talking for like another, we've already gone longer than we wanted Jeez to. like Christ. Dude, yeah. We have, I have not looked yeah. at the clock once. I know I did too. Episode. I just looked at it. I was like, we could go for another couple hours. Cause that's just how pumped we are. I mean, um, we, we could, no. but we got to save this. Cause we're going to have to do, I imagine when the trade deadline comes around, we're going to have to do some emergency pods. Yeah. Um, because it's going to be, uh, some crazy times we're even having some discussions not going to say this is a big thing but maybe a podcast after every ep- after every playoff game that's that's in talks the playoffs are
1: going to be a, a whole different yeah. animal so we're working we, on a lot of things right now yeah. with
0: that we're going to have a lot of cool things coming on um, we're excited we appreciate you all listening um, but there's there's a lot more to go in this season and I I'm pumped about it dude
1: Dude, we're we're under thirty games to go.
0: Yeah, it's it, crazy. It,
1: it feels like it was a, like last week. We're like, man, we're not even halfway through the season. Twenty nine games left already. That game against that first game against Boston was almost a month ago, over a month ago. Like, yeah, we're get we're getting there. It's gonna be there before we know. For me, it's gonna take forever because it lines up with my friggin' semester. But, <laughs> but regardless, we're getting there.
0: It's gonna be here before we know it. It's going to be man. I po oh, man. It's, it's going to get here fast and I cannot wait for it. Yeah.
1: So we'll save a lot of the, that conversation for everything else still to come. I, I think we've made our point. Haven't we? Yeah. This team's good.
0: Yeah. They're really good. Enjoy it. Avs fans because like we said, playoffs are a different beast, but I'm going to enjoy this while we have it for right now.
1: Yeah. All right. I think we're good for this one. Yeah. Deep breath.
0: Nope. I got nothing else, man.
1: Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so much, as always, to everyone for tuning in. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Bolle, and you can follow the show at Teledabs It Is. Where we've got more stuff coming here pretty soon, but that's it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always, and we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.